Good morning. It is good for me to be here. And I hope already you can say that it has been good for you to be here. I missed you. This past week, I was in Moundsville, West Virginia, small town on the Ohio River. I thought about hopping in the Ohio River and floating down to you, but I would not have been here by now. It is good to be back home, but God's family, God's kingdom is amazing. I was able to spend... Significant time with brothers and sisters in Christ who love the same Lord, are building their lives on the same book, serving the same King, and in many ways they send their greetings to you this morning, even as I, in a sense, shared your greetings to them a few days ago. It is good to be home And I hope every once in a while you remind yourself, even as as Jimmy reminded us, there are Christians all over this world today breaking bread, signifying the same body that was given for all of us, reflecting on blood that was shed that has given us hope, given us purpose given us everything to look forward to. And in many ways, that leads us to where I would like to be with you this morning. If this book that you hold in your hands or are accessing digitally were a library, and in fact it is God's library given to us, I would love it if you would open to the sixth book of the New Testament, the book of Romans, And if you will take the the volume in this library given to us by God, labeled Romans, and if you will find Romans chapter 1, we're just going to stay right here in this book throughout our time together. But I'd really encourage you not just to listen to me and not even just to depend upon this screen, but to have your Bible open and to read for yourself what God has preserved. Many of us are following along with a a daily Bible reading schedule. If you would like to do that with us this week on the inside of your bulletin, you can see where we are. We're going to be in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians this week. You've only missed one chapter, 1 Corinthians 1. So maybe that would be a good thing to read today, to get a little caught up, and then to launch into 1 Corinthians 2 tomorrow. But we just wrapped up the book of Romans, and so many things. I would suggest to you it is among, if not the greatest letter ever written. And we don't have the time clearly to mine the depths of Romans. But if your Bible is open there to Romans chapter 1, you can see in verse 16 a few powerful words that I'd really like to treat as a kind of anthem this morning. Maybe an injection of fuel for your spirit and a focal point for your heart as we 
live in our Father's world this week. Equipped with our Father's message that this world needs. I hope that our time in Romans will make the flame of your light in Christ get a little brighter this week. And that you will not be ashamed of that light. There is a reason that near the very beginning of Jesus' most famous sermon that he said, People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. They light it and leave it uncovered. And and then he looked his disciples in the eye and said, You let your light shine. Do not be ashamed. There is a reason that John records for us in John chapter 12 that there were many of the authorities who believed in Jesus. But they were afraid. They were afraid of the Pharisees. They were afraid of what others in power might do to them. And the message they needed to hear and were hearing from Jesus in a variety of ways is do not be ashamed to lean for a moment on our focal point for the entire year. Rise and build. Don't be ashamed. If we're ashamed of what we're building, maybe we, we only build, figuratively speaking, at night where other people can't see. Maybe we build and we build and we build, but we keep it under this big basket of this church building. Maybe we build, but we only build the walls so high so that not very many people can see. Or maybe we build, but we don't hang the gates because we're a little little concerned about securing and living in what we are building. I hope that our time together is a reminder. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to sit with an open Bible in a coffee shop this week. Don't be afraid or ashamed to bow your head and say a prayer as a family or, or even just you, you yourself in a restaurant this week. Don't be ashamed when someone asks you tomorrow how you spent your weekend to lead with, well, I believe Sunday is the best day of the week and let me tell you why. Do not be ashamed. I need your your fingers to be nimble this morning. We're going to go all over these 16 chapters of Romans. But I've broken it down into four basic points. Number one, do not be ashamed of your Father in heaven. Is your Bible open there to Romans chapter 1? Look at verse 19 beginning. Do not be ashamed to believe that your Father in heaven created this world. Romans chapter 1 and verse 19 tells us that what can be known about God is plain. 
all around us as the leaves on the trees. Have you noticed? I've noticed just the slightest hint of yellow on some of these hills around us. It's a testament to the creative power of our God. As the rains fall, as they're forecasted tomorrow, as it gets a little more chilly later this week, many of us are looking forward to that. Don't be ashamed to believe this world was created. Verse 20, God's invisible attributes, namely, specifically, His eternal power and divine nature have been, can be, this morning, clearly perceived ever since. And I want you to notice the noun carefully. The creation of the world. Are there plenty of things that we still do not know about this amazing universe around us? Most certainly. I mean, there's a reason why the most sophisticated scientists are continuing to discover all sorts of things. But you and I, because we're taking down this library, this book given to us, preserved by God, we can know how the world around us came to be. This world was, look at the last, ver- or last word of verse 20. This world was made. Don't be ashamed of that. Page or two over in Romans chapter 3. Do not be ashamed to acknowledge that this world is not paradise. This world was made, it was created. But this world has very great challenges. We have very great challenges. And here's the reason. Don't be ashamed to acknowledge that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is straight out of this book God has preserved for us in His library. Romans 3 verse 22 tells us, latter part of that verse, there is no distinction. It doesn't matter where human beings live. It doesn't matter the color of their skin, the the language that they speak, the amount of money that they have. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Don't be ashamed to say that the wages of those sins is death. Let's not sugarcoat the problem where our Heavenly Father has not sugarcoated. Listen, when you go to the doctor, you want that doctor to tell you the truth. You don't want him or her to tell you what you want to hear when there is something critical going on in your body. God has told us the truth. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of the Creator. That sin creates a separation between us and Him. Is that a big deal? It is because He is the giver of life. He is the provider of light. He is the fountain of hope, of every good and perfect thing. And when I sin and create a separation from that fountain of all that is good, listen, What I get is 
what continues to hurt me? What I get is death. But even this morning, I appreciated so much how Jimmy took us to Romans chapter 5. There is such good news this morning. It is a joy for me to draw our attention to our Father in heaven because in the language of Romans 5, verses 7 and 8, our greatest need, a need that has been met by our Father, is a Savior. Romans 5, verse 7, one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps... For a good person, one would dare even to die. But you remember, we all have sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. And He shows His love for us. Let's make that personal this morning. He shows His love for you. He shows His love for me. In that while we, while I, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for us. Could I encourage you this morning? Don't be ashamed of your Father in heaven. We turn our Bibles back to Romans chapter 1. Don't be ashamed, number 2, of his gospel. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Don't be ashamed to depend on it as God's power. Here's where the key phrase of our, our time together comes from. Romans 1.16 I am not ashamed. A couple of weeks ago when we ran across that in our daily Bible reading, I, I really tried to just slow down. And then that kind of set me on a course. And it's my privilege to to share with you as I I just walked through Romans right along with many of you. What sort of things ought we not to be ashamed of? Here's where Paul begins. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the news that says we've all sinned and fallen short. Our greatest need is a Savior and Jesus has been offered. His blood has been shed to meet our greatest need. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I want you to see this is God's power for salvation. This is why we're here on this the Lord's Day. There will be other things that we do that are very self-centered this week. Other things that maybe we will use to to, to make ourselves laugh or, uh, you know, just to amuse ourselves. Do whatever it is that we want to do. But this is not about me and this is not about you. This is about the Lord who has risen on the first day of the week. And so there's lots of things that we could do to draw a crowd today. Lots of things where we could make it look like, boy, look at what that local church has to offer. You know what we have to offer as the people of God? The gospel. Should we be ashamed of that? Not at all. Because you can get your car washed, but that's not the power to save you. 
and you can get your belly filled, but that's not the power to save you. And, and, and we could turn this into a movie theater, but that's not the power to save you. But we know what is. <laughs> the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so maybe somebody asks you, how'd you spend your weekend? And you lead with, well, every Sunday I, I devote the first day of the week as, as the Lord's Day. Oh yeah, where do you go to church? And then you start thinking about all of the things that, that we don't do. <laughs> don't be ashamed to just be what these people, what Christians, what disciples of Christ have been for 2,000 years. There isn't any pressure to innovate here. Just to go back and do what those very first Christians under the oversight of inspired apostles did. Let's not be ashamed of that. We know where the power is. Let's not be ashamed to gladly share. Go over with me to Romans 5 verse 1. That all, anybody can be justified by faith. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Since we have been justified, not on the basis of our family tree, not on the, the basis of our bank account, but by faith. And now we have peace with God through our greatest need is a Savior. That Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we've obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so we're, we're not going to share the gospel and then turn that spigot off and try and entertain ourselves or our young people with some other thing. This is where we stand. This is what life for the disciple of Christ is to be all about. This is how we fill ourselves with joy in hope of the glory of God. Anybody can be justified by faith. You might have to turn a page to Romans chapter 6. Don't be ashamed to connect the dots that the Holy Spirit has connected. In Romans chapter 1, Paul tells us he, he's writing about things that will lead us to the obedience of faith. In Romans chapter 16, he essentially says, I've written to you about things that involve the obedience of faith. And you know what stands right there in the middle of that? It's baptism. Let's not be ashamed of that. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. What shall we say then? We just heard about grace. Are we to continue in sin so that God's grace can just continue to, to bubble up all around our lives? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Well, how did that happen? Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, 
We were baptized into his death. It was a burial of sorts. By baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Do you hear this news? Contact with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus that changes my life. Newness of life. Don't be ashamed of that. You didn't come up with this and I didn't either. This is straight out of heaven's library. If we've been, verse 5, united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died, By faith, into grace, through baptism, died to sin, and now set free. If that's you this morning, don't be ashamed to leave here saying, you know what matters the most about me? You want to know the most defining thing about my story? I am a child of God. And in accordance with God's wisdom, following His simple directions, I gathered together with brothers and sisters in Christ. We are together children of God. And and I've got to tell you, maybe this past week it was a little easy for me to lose sight of that. But as we sang songs together and we prayed together and we remembered what God has done for us together, I was reminded... I was reminded that the Spirit Himself bears witness with my spirit. You see, this is not just about what does our flesh want. What will our flesh entertain? There's a time that that our flesh in just a little while is going to need to eat. But you know what's more important than giving your flesh some food today? It is enlivening your spirit. Reminding your spirit, I'm a child of God. And if I'm a child of God, I'm an heir, an heir of the King. I'm a fellow heir with Christ. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Number three, go with me to Romans chapter 12. I am not ashamed of life the way it was meant to be. God has introduced himself as my Savior. The gospel is what I've responded to. And now I am not ashamed of life the way it was meant to be. Romans chapter 12. I'm not ashamed to humbly serve as a living sacrifice to him. Listen to verse 1. I Appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Your service to God does not end when we walk out of this building. Verse 2, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. 
formed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And it's okay. God is is renewing my mind. This isn't a one-time thing. This is a lifetime thing. And as I gather together with you and my mind is renewed, maybe I turn in my Bible back to Romans chapter 10 and I need to be reminded I ought not to be ashamed to warn that it's possible to have zeal without knowledge. Romans chapter 10 and verse 1, Paul says, My heart's desire and prayer to God for my countrymen is that they may be saved. Well, what was it that was standing between so many of his fellow descendants of Abraham and salvation? Here's what it is. He says, I'll tell you, I'll bear them witness. They have a zeal for God. But not according to knowledge. So does it matter whether or not I I know God? Or can I just be excited about God? Does it matter whether or not I know how God wants to be worshipped? Or can I just get excited about whatever excites me? Does it matter how he wants me to live? Or do I just say, you know what? I love him and all this other doctrine stuff. I'm I'm not all that concerned about building my life according to a, a, a particular pattern. Well, let's allow God in his heavenly library to answer that question for us. What happens? Verse 3. Zeal without knowledge leads to being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish my own righteousness. Look at how excited I am. Look at at how fervent I am. Look at how much I'm willing to give. Problem is, I'm not submitting to God's. Righteousness. It is very possible to be full of zeal without knowledge. Go with me to Romans chapter 13 and you look at verse 8. Life the way it was meant to be. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed to live with these spirit provided lenses this week. I owe you, you owe me, we owe each other love. Romans 13 and verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love each other. We do owe each other that. The one who loves has fulfilled the law. Whatever commandments you want to talk about. Don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet. Any other commandment. They're summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It does no wrong. It's the fulfilling of the law. It's what we owe one another. Page or two before this in Romans chapter 7. Could I encourage you? Don't be ashamed. 
to stand by God's law for marriage? I mean, when we, we hear love, we think, well, okay. I, you know, we live in a society where we hear all the time, love is love and it doesn't really matter. God would want me to be happy. Listen, don't be ashamed of how simply God puts this in Romans 7, verses 2 and 3. A married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Well, what if I decide that's not a law I'm interested in submitting to? Don't take my word for it. Let's consult the heavenly library. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. Now that's out of step with a whole lot of the way people look at life today. But we're not talking about life today. We're talking about life the way it was meant to be by our Creator. And you have to work hard to misunderstand what He has revealed to us in Romans chapter 7. Don't be ashamed of that. You go with me to the last chapter of Romans. Don't be ashamed to watch out for what is contrary to His doctrine. That's the call. Not just of a bunch of apostles, not just of shepherds in Rome. It's the call given to all disciples of Jesus. Romans 16 verse 17. I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles in relation to what? Contrary to what? Contrary to the doctrine you have been Don't be ashamed of your Father in heaven. Don't be ashamed of His gospel. Don't be ashamed of life the way He meant it to be. One more point. Would you go with me to Romans chapter 14? Don't be ashamed of the future He has revealed. Romans chapter 14. Do not be ashamed to remind yourself and others don't be ashamed to remind your children, your grandchildren this week. Each one of us will give an account to him. Romans 14, 10. We will all stand before the judgment seat of God. It's written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. Each of us will Give an account of himself to God. And so, more important than homework, more important than job deadlines, more important than vacation, more important than retirement is, am I prepared to give an account of myself to God? Don't be ashamed. We started in Romans 1. Don't be ashamed to say that His righteous wrath is going to be a part of that judgment. It's right after that power of God for salvation, the gospel. And the reason that is such good news is the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Don't be ashamed of the full character revealed by Himself of your Creator. Let's end in Romans chapter 8. 
Don't be ashamed to hope in the glory that he is going to reveal. Listen to the language in Romans chapter 8 beginning in verse 18. I appreciated how Brent brought our attention. Psalm 122. In my distress. Let's close that loop this morning with the gospel. Verse 18, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. The creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. The creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. What is this book all about? What is the Lord's church all about? It is all about Hope, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to the corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know, verse 22, that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves. We know what it is to groan, but we have. The first fruits of the Spirit. The tomb of our King is empty today. And so we groan, but we are groaning as those who wait eagerly for adoption as sons. The redemption of our bodies. And as you leave here this morning, you're not going alone. Don't be ashamed to lean on His Spirit as a believer in prayer. It's right there in Romans 8, verse 26. The Spirit helps. Don't leave Him in this building. He helps in our weaknesses. We don't know what to pray for as we are. But the Spirit Himself intercedes. Verse 27. He searches hearts. He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so we go forth from here in the strength of verse 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. And so finally, Romans 8, verse 31 Don't be ashamed this week to profess that in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. If God is for us, who can be against us? He didn't even spare His own Son. How will He not also with us graciously give us all things? If you're right with the King What charge can be brought to you that is greater will somehow overshadow than I am a child of God? Who's to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died for me and his grave is empty. He's at the right hand of God. He's interceding for me. Who can separate me from his love? What sort of tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? No, verse 37, in all these we are more than conquerors. Don't be ashamed of that this week. I am sure. Are you sure this morning? 
That neither death nor life, angels, rulers, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, not anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do not be ashamed of your Father in heaven, of his gospel, of life the way he meant it to be, of the future he's revealing. I want to read to you just a couple of words of Jesus from the gospel of Luke chapter 9 and and show you why this matters so much this morning. This is not just a, a nice little pep talk that sends us out into the world and it's the best that Jason could, could, could muster up. We've leaned heavily. We've just allowed the Apostle Paul to preach to us this morning. And in Luke chapter 9, the king tells us why it matters. Verse 25. What does it profit a man? If he gains the whole world, and loses or forfeits himself. You know, a great way, the way that our Lord, Exhibit A, chose to illustrate what it means to lose your soul. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Those are serious words. The king is coming. Perhaps it's today. Don't be ashamed. He follows it up. Verse 27. But I tell you the truth. There are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom I'm a part of. That's the kingdom so many of you are a part of. Unashamedly. That's the kingdom that opens wide its doors by the blood of Jesus to you even this very morning. And so we're going to stand and we're going to sing this song encouraging you to think about what really matters. In the light of the fact that our king has promised to return. And if you want to be ready to meet him, you want to be ready to rejoice in hope at his coming. This invitation is for you. You're ready to confess your faith that Jesus is the son of God. You're ready to be joined with him in baptism that you might be raised to walk in newness of life. This invitation is for you. And if in some way you've lost your way and you could just use some people to pray with you and for you this morning, this invitation is for you. Would you let us know how we can help by coming to the front while we stay?